Warning, this episode contains strong sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. This is Tales of Swordfall. Episode 7, Where Dragons Lay. Hello, welcome to Tales of Swordfall. I am Paul. I am the DM, and who am I with tonight? Hello, I am Sam, and I am playing Stu, the Cobalt Sorcerer. Hey, I'm Camille, and I'm playing Ray, the Paladin. And I am Lucy, and I'm playing Taz Mockwell, the Bard. And I'm Amanda, playing Tabby Tipsy Tail, the Hex Buckler. I'm Chris, and I'm playing Flea, the Lizard Folk Fighter. I'm Alex, and I'm playing Krakatur, the Erginazi Barbarian. I like that semi-NPR, like, semi-whisper. That was very nice. Very classy. Thank you. Um, so last week, you left off. No, I'm not going to do the whole episode <laughs> like that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so last week, um, Taz was gone, and she was actually working. Heaven forbid someone in a D&D group actually works. Um, Stu found his way to Taz's apartment. Uh, Krakatur found his way to some booty. Um, Tabby <laughs> found her way to madness. And Ray found her way back to revenge again. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was a pretty exciting, uh, episode. So, let's first focus on Taz, since Lucy is here and ready tonight. Yay! Yay! We missed you! Yay! So glad to have you back. Yep, we are super, always super happy to have our players come back to us. That sounded a little creepy. (laughs) Was meant to be, like, heartwarming. Sorry about that. <laughs> it was it was heartwarming, Paul. Okay. It was. I was touched. I'm glad. So, Taz, uh, you were performing something in the Temple District. What what did someone hire you to do? Um, I was entertainment at a formal luncheon. It was not very exciting, but it paid well. Okay, and roll me a performance check. To see how well it actually went. Very, very well. Okay. Uh, roll me 4d20. My goodness. You might just make major bank today. Yeah, uh, so with all the tips and everything... Uh, you actually end up gathering apparently 550 gold from that one job. You probably don't have to work for like another five months. That's so much money. Yeah. Wow. Those were some really solid 20 rolls, by the way. They were. Uh, Good, because last time I played, I was not rolling well. Nah. Let's hope the streak goes up, keeps going. So, 
who was the biggest tipper? Like, who, whose eye did you catch the most? Um, probably the son of one of the wealthier merchants who was there. So did you do anything to immediately, like, to actually catch his eye, or were you just naturally charismatic? I'm just naturally that great. <laughs> yes. Officially, Taz is just that great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that takes you, like, most of the morning, and you're in the tip Temple District, which is all the way across town, um, a few miles away. And, uh, you know, you have, or hopefully you still have people at your, uh, apartment. And, uh, you were kind of getting low on food last time. Uh, do you go shopping before you, uh, get back to your place? Yeah, I would. So, what what is your preferred place in the world market to shop at for, like, large groups? Um... I just generally really enjoy the world market. There's something about all those pe people in the same area and the energy it has that's really enticing. Um, and I'd say, though Taz hasn't been in Swordfall for a super long time, she's she has somewhat of a rapport with most of the vendors there. So she'll go wander around, see what deals she can find, what uh, produce and goods are in stock. Yeah, and... As usual, the world market is in full swing. There's a lot of vendors yelling a lot of different things. Uh, do you go for, like, the loudest vendors, or do you go to, like, the people that you absolutely 100%, like, know or trust if you have anyone like that? I'd go to the people I know and trust. So, who is your... God, this is such a weird question. Who is the produce vendor that you trust the most? Um, a young lady named Gloriana, whose family has a farm not terribly far from Swordfall, and comes in on the weekends or whenever they have a new shipment of produce. Um, it's a relatively small family farm, so I like to support them when I can. Yeah, and she's probably actually like uh, one of the halflings in the towns that aren't very far away and uh you know she's always happy to see you and um she uh holds out a box of radishes would you like any of these sure how much for you they're they're on the house i couldn't possibly no i insist you are such a wonderful customer and you know you're one of the few people who actually buy from us. Well, exactly. I have to pay you. No, it's... I insist. And uh, people don't like radishes around here. Okay, I take the box of radishes, but when she's not looking, I stuff some gold, about ten gold pieces, under one of her crates. Oh, how nice. How come we have a lot of nice characters in this campaign? This does not feel right for D&D. Uh, so uh yeah uh if you'd like me to change i can change yeah i i want i want <laughs> Stu to be a 
horrible, nasty murder hobo. Thank you. Uh, uh, well, I think you know what to do to make him do that. So. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Anyways, um, yeah, so it takes you a little bit to get back home. You have a whole bunch of groceries. And, um... And I also cashed in that bounty we'd gotten from the guy we found on top of the roof with the necklace. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they were like, hey, this is a voucher for a bounty. And it didn't mm -hmm. have any specified price on it. But if I remember correctly, it was a good amount because the guy went on a stabbing spree. Uh, you told me earlier today it was 200 gold pieces? Yep. And, um, actually, let's let's just sort that one out really quick, too, just through role-playing. Uh, you come in, this is probably, like, before or after you went out to the grocery store. We're doing a Tarantino-style timeline right now, so, <laughs> yeah, it all works. You go in, uh, the city guard office is a very large building. It's many, well, it's not very many levels high, but you've heard it does have some deep, dark, damp, dank dungeons underneath for just people who get arrested. And depending on how bad you are, the lower you go. Uh, they have a waiting room with a front desk, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like your stereotypical, like, police office, well, not office, but police front room scene. Where, you know, they have a drunk being taken in by a couple of city guards. There's um, a wall of uh, shield guardians that are standing at the ready waiting to be controlled by an officer. Um, you know, there might be a few um, people who've, like, stepped out of the line of the law. You know, probably some, like, dealers of horrible magic potions that really mess you up. Here's the question. Would anyone you know be in this uh, scene? Like, being arrested... <laughs> I was actually going to ask you if I recognized anyone. Actually, oh, um, give, me, uh, give me something like an uh, investigation. <laughs> ah, 17. Let's see. Uh... I'm going to roll a number now. So, what three people would you know that are in this place waiting for either police assistance or they're in trouble with the law? Um, at least one person would probably be someone innocuous, a neighbor or something. I mean, I live in kind of a rough neighborhood, so maybe they were pickpocketed or something. They came to report it. Um, I'd probably recognize another performer who maybe got a little drunk at his last gig and got arrested for disorderly conduct or something. And I wanted to be on the lookout since a certain name got brought up a few episodes ago. <laughs> I wanted to be on the lookout for anything to do with him. And I think I'd recognize one of his, um, boots on the ground yeah he's let's call this guy probably an enforcer 
He's a giant half-orc. Uh, tattoos all the way up his arms. He's a guy who likes to only really wear a vest all the time, even if it's winter. You know, show off his sweet abs. Uh, he is a very tall man, and he has long, dark, just darkest hair you've ever seen. But it's it's a feature of his that he has luxurious hair. Like, you don't know how this guy has such beautiful hair, but, you know, somehow he maintains it really well. Okay, so I would probably do my best not to get noticed by him. Uh, what would you do? Um, I would let my hair fall in front of my face, kind of lower my head, and um, go... Is there someone at like a, a reception desk or something? Uh yeah, there's there's probably several people at the reception desk. Okay, I'd make sure my back was mostly to him and go try and talk to the person uh at the desk. Anything else? I mean, just try to keep my voice quiet, trying to act casual. Yeah. Uh let's see if he notices you first. Oh, gosh. So are you trying to attract his attention or just, like, blend in? I'm trying to blend in. I don't want to be noticed. Okay, give me a stealth roll first. Twenty. Let's see if he even notices you. Or... No, he uh, basically keeps where he is at. And, um, you know, he doesn't notice you. Even though there are many other people noticing Taz. And, um, for one reason or another. <laughs> and, uh, you go up to the desk, and uh, there is a very strong-looking dwarven woman behind there. Um, she is in the city uniform. She has a badge on her, and, uh, she looks... What can I help you with? Hi. Um, I've come to cash in a bounty, and I put the piece of paper on the desk. Uh, she looks it over. Um, she actually uh, takes out a magnifying glass and sees that there's a proper watermark on it. Uh, and then she takes a blue... Like, she lights a candle, takes it, and it glows blue, and she puts the piece of paper over it, and it starts, like, kind of glowing a little, and a mark ends up um, getting burned into part of it, and as soon as she takes it away, the burn marks actually go away. She nods, and uh, she starts looking up the uh, file number for this, and uh, it takes her a few minutes, so you're, you're kind of at that you know, um, moment where you're kind of stuck at the counter. You can see her kind of in the background going to, like, um, basically, uh, oh god, like an old book library catalog, you know, pulls out a mm -hmm. shelf of dwar dwarves? No. Drawers. <laughs> <laughs> One would have been really awkward. A shelf of dwarves? Yes. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Josie O'Way are right here. 
Um, and uh, Ed finds it and uh, goes even further back. She like turns a corner and now you are up there alone at the front desk. Still not being seen by the person you do not want to be seen by. Yay. Yes. Uh, so what do you do while you're just kind of up there waiting? Um, I don't think I've ever had much of an excuse to come in here before, so I'm going to try and scope it out. Because, you know, being familiar with the inside layout of a police station can be helpful. So you've never been arrested in Swordfall at least once? Probably probably not, actually. Because Taz has spent a long time learning how not to get arrested for things. That that is true. Um, yeah, give me a perception check. Let's see what you hear and you see and you smell. <laughs> Four. Um, yeah, it's like a really busy uh, place. I mean, it's hard to get a layout when there's so many people just kind of like moving around and, you know, someone comes out and they stomp out and they're like yelling, ah, this is bullshit. I should have never been locked up in the first place. And uh, you notice there's a conversation happening next to you. I have a report on the explosion last night. I saw the people who did it. And the police are, <laughs> the police person is, like, taking down all the notes. And the person's trying to get, like, all the, you know... The person's trying to get all the detail out. Yeah, there was a, uh... I think he was either a water or air genasi and a tiefling and, uh... Oh, God... What what are those cat people called? I'm going to cast message. Okay. And I, I'm just going to whisper. Uh, and I can do this mentally without anyone noticing. So I'm going to say, you might want to stop telling that story now. And the person blinks and looks first the total opposite away of you and then their gaze slowly approaches i'm you. just very carefully looking in the opposite direction one hand um on my cheek just leaning on it trying to look as uninterested as possible let's see if they notice you that's that that would be a good question no no oh no i actually no i roll higher than that <laughs> Yeah, you rolled like twenty, so you're you're still just blended in. You know, nobody notices the tiefling with the white skin and white hair. Wow, there must be quite a feat, really. Yeah, (laughs) blended in when you kind of stick out, anyways. Uh, the person pauses, and you can hear them step back. Hello. And they wait for a response. The The person who's taking the re- report, they're like, you, you okay? 
And do you do anything else? Do you send them nope. another message? Nope. You are too good for this game. I'm like, this is your opportunity to really <laughs> mess with them. Unless they try and keep talking, then I'm not going to say anything. Well, the person does go back. Can I talk in a secure room? I think someone's listening. And <laughs> the police officer gives this unamused look. If we really have to. And um, they start going off into a side room. I want to... Um, can I do this? Yeah, I want a minor illusion and make the the person they're talking to his eyes go like weird and creepy. <laughs> okay. Um, is there, there is a role that a person needs to make, right? To see through if it's actually an illusion or not, right? Yes. It's uh, an investigation check against my spell save DC. And what is your which is a 15. Okay. Let's see if they make it past. No. Nope. That's uh, a ten. The person looks really disturbed. And they start backing off again. You know, I'm... I don't feel too easy about telling this story. Um... I'm gonna go now. And the person does that thing where they walk backwards and then spin <laughs> around and then start running... Can't end the illusion as soon as they turn it back. Okay. The uh, dwarf officer finally comes back uh, with a nice bag of gold and softly puts it on the counter. Well, looks like you uh, got a good one. Apparently they killed everyone at a poker game and uh, a few other things. Tried to stab some dancers in the entertainment district. And uh, the guy's trying to plead the case that he was cursed the whole time. <laughs> like he has a cursed item on him. Ah, well about that. Um, actually, we did find a cursed item on his person. Really? And you yes. took it? Uh, no, it was broken in the scuffle. I'm not sure what happened to it. Hmm. Can you uh, roll me a deception, please? Um, You're on 20. fire! Damn! It helps to have a plus 10. Yeah. Uh, she she nods, and uh, she takes out a note of, note of paper and starts just writing stuff down. Um... Yeah, and can I have your name for the future? Uh, Taz Mockwell. And she gets your address and stuff, and she says, well, if there's a trial, we might call on you and your friends to testify that he really oh, did cool. have... Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for helping out and doing your civic duty. And, um... Happy to do that. As usual, don't always go out of your way and risk your life. Let the city guard take care of some of the problems. Stay safe. Of course. Thank you very much for your help. Have a nice day. 
still doesn't notice you. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you start walking, and, you know, this is a very bustling room, but then the whole room becomes quiet. Um. And you hear... You don't really hear footsteps, but you can hear some, like, cloth just uh, flowing. Is everyone around me still moving? Does this seem like a natural silence or a spell? Uh, this seems like a very natural silence. You notice there, there's a lot of people staring one way. There's a few people uh, trying to get to the exits. And uh, you also notice that your very large friend with the flowing black hair is also moving toward the counter away from you. Um, can I see what everyone's looking at? Yep. So, you turn around, and there, in the flesh, is Clarkson. Has he seen me? Let's see. No! Bye! I'm leaving <laughs> as fast as possible. You are super lucky tonight. Yeah. Uh, so, how long do you run for? Um, I'd probably run, mm, well, I'd probably speed walk. I wouldn't run. I wouldn't want to draw attention to myself. Three or four blocks before ducking into an alley or something and making sure no one followed me, because I don't want to lead them to my house. Cool. Thank you for listening to Tales of Swordfall. Please consider listening to these podcasts. Welcome to a special episode of Where the Wild Things Roll. My name is John and I will be your host and DM for this 5th edition actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast set in the world of Ravarna. This podcast might be a tad different from others you've listened to. The two players will be my 12-year-old son Kinnick and my 10-year-old daughter Kaylee as they learn to play D&D through their very first campaign. We will pick up with our adventurers as they finish their time at Paduke's Adventurers Guild as they take their practical exams in Dungeoneering, Magical Beasts, Weapons and Armor, Puzzle Solving, Diplomacy, History of the World, and Magical Cause and Effect before they are set out into the world. Can our two adventurers pass their classes and become full-fledged members of the Adventurers Guild? You'll have to tune in and find out next time on Where the Wild Things Roll.
please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe.